and welcome to The Vinyl Crawl. I'm your host, Alan Miller. What you were listening to there at the top of the recording was a little sample from uh, John Carpenter's re-recording of Escape from New York, which is available right now as a 12-inch vinyl single at bullmoose.com. Definitely check this stuff out. It's really cool. He got together with his son and some other people and... uh, and recorded or re-recorded some of his hits as, as well as recorded some new stuff. It's all really solid. If you if you like John Carpenter at all, it's totally worth picking up. Um, but yeah, they have it available at bullmoose.com. Uh, their Twitter handle is at bullmoose, and we really thank them for sponsoring the Vinyl Crawl. This episode is a talk with Matt as well as uh, our old buddy Lee, who's been on the podcast before. We talked about My Morning Jacket's Okanokos, as well as Leinenkugel Honeyweiss beer. So enjoy. Welcome to the Vinyl Crawl. I'm your host, Alan Miller, with Matt and Lee, which we've had on here before in the past. Two great people. Matt's my normal co-host most of the time, although you've been away for the last couple episodes. Yeah. It's been busy at the shop. It's been busy at the shop. Lots going on. Lee can attest to that as well. That's right. It's a good problem. Yeah. It's awesome that all three of us work at the shop. Like that's it's just true. That just dawned yeah. on me. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're oh, all yeah, three right. working at the shop. That's <laughs> Dude, great. Dude, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what's, what's a good album you've seen come in lately, Lee? Like, what's one that stuck out in your head? Uh, I picked up that new Dinosaur Jr. working last night, and I'm really excited about that. But oh, yeah. uh, we, we, we not work before that. Monday. What was the one you bought the other day? Monday was a big haul for me. I took a bunch of Blue Note Jimmy Smiths yeah, uh, that were originals that were pretty cool. I took the Delphonics. Did you grab that Peter the Wolf? Uh, I one? left Peter the Wolf because yeah. it was pretty weird. <laughs> it is it really was, weird. It, it was pretty weird. <laughs> it but, is that, weird. but that Delphonics record, Didn't I Blow Your Mind This Time, yeah. is so good. And then... Uh, you got to hit me up on the Four Tops reach out. I got you. Got to yeah, get that I, to listen I'm, to. I'm gonna find that. I'm gonna track it down for sure. And then I w- I'm gonna mispronounce his name. I'm sure. Is it Breton or Breton Wood? That's that the, Oogie, Oogie Woogie. Yeah. Oh man. Solid. Oogie Woogie Soul. Solid. It was such a. I had, I'd never seen it. It before. hung around for like a full couple of days, which is wild. It's crazy. It was, I can't it was, believe someone. It was didn't a good price. That was a good score for me. I went yeah. home with a lot of good stuff that day. Matt, you grabbed anything lately? I'll tell you what I listened to this morning that we just got in that was cool is a Davy Allen and the Arrows record. Okay. Uh, Cycle Delic. It's got a <laughs> motorcycle on the front. Oh, that's But awesome. he's like a, a s- instrumental surf rock oh, yeah. type dude. Same vein. Like what, what era we talking? 60s. Like mid to late or what? Uh, early? 67. Because you know, like that, that surf rock game was different in the late 60s than yeah. the early 60s. The early 60s is more Beach Boys ish. Yeah. Oh, no. It's, it's no. Late 60s, it got a little more heavy. I <laughs> guess maybe this is like Ventures, Dick Dale okay, type cool. stuff. Right. Maybe. It's pretty cool, though. God, I the like Ventures some. have done every era. There's yeah. not an era they haven't. We got the Ventures Christmas album in, too. Nice. Yeah. Right on. Yes. Yeah, I bought a re a reissue of that. Yeah. It was a good purchase. I think I did too. Actually. It's a great album. Their Christmas yeah. album's incredible. Love some Christmas music. And we'll probably get to that on the vinyl crawl at some point in time. We should. For sure. But for this episode, we are drinking the Leinenkugels Honeywise. It's the end of summer. 
Mm. We're gonna get one last. It's very last, hot uh, here. It's you know? it's burning it's up. It's muggy. You know, it's, yeah. it's almost nine o'clock at night, and it is so hot outside. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But this uh, this line in Kugel's Honey Wise, um, you know, my wife is actually a <sighs> huge. She's a huge fan of it. I'm a pretty big fan of it as well. Yeah. We went she also to, likes the lemongrass too. Though. She does. She likes the uh, <laughs> she likes the lemongrass. I love US well. six. Yeah. I hate that. Now nah, she's a big fan of that one too. Um, you know, to each his own with beer. Everybody hey, has different. That's why tastes. they brew it. That's why they make a million different yep. kinds. But we got we fell in love with Honeyweiss when we went to the uh, Minnesota State Fair a few years back. We basically drank this on tap the whole time we were there. We went to a few different pubs where we played pinball and arcades, and this was always on tap. It was just kind of the go-to yeah. beer for everyone and, up there. And I think that's legit. Even like you know, you can get your craft brew snobbery. Yeah. But you go places and drink the beer that's there. Like for me, like Austin, Texas, really anywhere in Texas, I'm probably ordering Shinerbach. It tastes better too. It tastes when you're better. Right there. It tastes better when you're there. And it, when I get there, it's what I want. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't buy Shinerbach here, ever. Yeah. But if I'm in Texas, my brain, there's no second thought. I'll grab an occasional Shinerbach here. If if I'm out and they've got it on tap, I'll definitely try one. I think it. You know, it's a solid, just all around beer. It's n- nothing frilly about it, but it's a great beer to have with a meal. And and honestly, I would kind of. You know, not that they're necessarily similar beers, but I would say similar things of this. It's like a... Yeah, you know, this is a really light tasting beer. It doesn't leave much, you know, you don't have much mouthfeel after you nah. take a drink. It's kind of there and then gone. But it's a little sweet. You do get a little bit of the honey on the end. Um, it's what we call a good yard beer. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you get done mowing the yard. You can drink three or four of them. Yeah, I. you know, I was looking on the bottle and I don't, know what four percent is it four like four point two yeah something like that so that's a good you know session beer just to drink on for an afternoon it's funny that they're called session beers now Mm -hmm. you know because i just i like that yeah i mean i like in the the, day what what do we call them back then what was the just called beers (laughs) (laughs) beers i like the idea of something being called a session beer though because so many craft beers are so heavy now with alcohol yeah heavy with alcohol a lot of times like they won't make a very big deal out of the high gravity. Yeah. And, dude, there's some where you won't notice the high gravity. Right. I mean, what's that, that West Six, the the Christmas Oh, the Christmas ale. ale. Uh, and there's Hell or Heaven, too. The, the Hell or which, Heaven. You know, I looked for it today, Lee, because I was going to grab some if they had them, but it's not Not, not around. Not yet, I no. mean, they only pop up every so often. Got to be in season, the, I guess. The Hell or Heaven. Hell or Heaven. Yeah. But that one, I feel like Hell or Heaven's got a bite. Like, I don't think oh, anybody, anybody takes a drink of Hell or Heaven and, and thinks, like, anything other than that this is loaded with hops and yeah, alcohol. Yeah, they, there should almost be a disclaimer on that fucker. Yeah. That, but like, <laughs> well, it's called Hell or Heaven. Yeah, That's man, true. One, That's very true. One, one will probably do you. Did I you mean, ever read about, you know, the can is very iconic because mm-hmm. it's like blue paint dripping down black, yeah. and it's beautiful. It's Did you ever read about it at all, about mm-hmm. how the can? Apparently, there was an artist friend of theirs that lived close to the brewery they that painted with like blue paint or something to that nature just like that and they hue. yeah and they they use that as a muse for like the idea of the can that's awesome i don't know if his name was heller maybe where they got the heller heaven part but um that but makes it, sense yeah it's it's really interesting I'll, I'll i read it on the website at, at some I'm, point i'm telling you man that is i if you had to make me pick a favorite beer at heller West heaven, heller heaven is it i love but, it but th- but that christmas ale it's like 9.5 yeah. percent and you know, 
you're you're at Christmas or Thanksgiving, you're with your family and you're drinking a couple of beers and you're thinking like this is <laughs> this is so good and then two of them later you're like shut the fuck up grandpa <laughs> <laughs> like, man, man grandpa you in. your face is spinning <laughs> right <laughs> yeah exactly but these these you know you could drink this, this is a beer i actually feel like i could put a dent in a six pack yeah and and i would still be and still walk down the yeah. road yeah stay you know, yeah stay. you're gonna be good with like i can't tell you how many we drink Cause it was hot as shit that year, oh, yeah. and it was just the most refreshing thing ever. So I have fond it's memories nice. of Honeywise, and I, I like it better than any other line in Google's. Cause I'm really not a huge fan of, yeah. of the beer I in mean, general. To me, I used to drink a lot of Lineys, and they just don't have the beers that I used to enjoy. They don't brew them anymore. Well, I mean, like, let's talk about where you're from because yeah. that plays a big part of it as well. Well, true. Yeah, most of my family grew up in Platteville, Wisconsin. Eau Claire, areas oh, like that, Whitewater, Madison. So it's line of Kugels Whist, and Whist cheese Dells curd. area. I don't know. No, I don't no. Really remember going to the Dells or anything. But Liney's was always around. But that's when it was line of Kugels, right? And not Miller, or whatever it is now. I think it's Miller. But we actually went to the brewery in the eighties and toured it. And it was really I still, cool. I feel like even though they've been bought by you know, a bigger count. I still feel like it's like, I would rather drink this than like a Miller any day. Oh yeah. Like this absolutely. has way more flavor to it. Than I wish Miller they'd one. revisit some of those great beers they used to have, like the Northwoods yeah. and the line of Kugel's red and stuff like that. And even the Oktoberfest used to be really good, but they changed the recipe and mm. now it's like a true Oktoberfest, which I mean, I get it in Wisconsin. They're mm. staying true to form, but yeah, it's very, I guess Belgian heavy and stuff, and I'm not my bag. No, you know, Ch- Chippewa Falls. Am I mistaken? Is Chippewa that, Falls. Is that where the making the murderer, making a murderer case was? Chippewa Falls. Am I making that up? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know that was Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Was it? I think the, so. The murder makers. Maybe, maybe I'm totally wrong. Yeah, I got, I got, I got the whole world in my hand right now. Oh no, <laughs> he's you? got, he's got the whole world in his hand. Um, so. The album we're talking about is a interesting one um, because we've already talked about it once before. I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there. We got rudely interrupted by a bridal shower <laughs> at the uh, at the How pub. How dare them? Yeah, at the pub we were we were at. Um, you know, when we started talking, everything was cool. It really wasn't too bad. And then maybe five, ten minutes in, shit got real. And, you know, the high-pitched squealing got to a... A breaking point to where we just could not really record anymore. They were excited. They were, yeah, and they have every right to be. You know, they're yeah. they're have they're doing their thing. It just wasn't a, a good environment for us to do our thing at the yeah, time. So true. So we're revisiting an album that we all love, which is My Morning Jackets Okanokos yeah. from two thousand and six. Six. We're gonna six. say six. So, yeah, I think it's six. I believe so. It is a double, double or triple, live Quadruple. album. Quad? Yeah. It's, it's a quad LP. Yeah. yeah. Original press was quad as well. I'm trying to. I'm I just think trying it was. I think it was so. always a box set. I mean, the CD was just like a double disc. Yeah. Although they put extra tracks on this one. I think that's true. So they either. Maybe it was at four albums with one side blank. Maybe so. Possibly. Because, yeah, I, they I really like to do that now, too. They, they like do. to have the one side for an etch. Yeah. 
which is cool. Yeah, you know, who like, doesn't love a good etched album? Yeah, I just. I mean, let's have a side talk for two seconds here. How? Do, what do you guys feel about forty-five RPM with like twelve-inch records at forty-five RPM? Depends on the record. Uh. You know, if it was like a pop record, if it was like a high production, you know that the mastering fire. mattered. Like, like um, yeah, honestly, like I've got a Tame Impala inner speaker. I've got that 45 modular did. Modular claims they pressed a thousand. <laughs> Lots of people seem to think that maybe they did that a couple of times and never let anybody know, but... <laughs> So they, they pressed a thousand. Yeah, that, that dude has yeah, not the best three, reputation. Two or three times over. There, you know, yeah, it really does. It sounds great. It sounds crystal clear. It it sounds pretty lively. Like, you know, I I play on Arega at home, which they have reputations of being like slightly fast playing tables anyway. Um but it's also kind of overhyped, and I totally get why some people don't want to get up and flip every 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. I hear most people just complaining about it. Yeah, and that's that's what I was kind of bringing up is where how you guys felt about it. Because for me, you know, I don't want a Pickwick record that's got like 30 <laughs> songs per side because we know that's going to sound terrible. But then yeah. again, I don't, you know, as much as I love these Peter Gabriel reissues, I don't necessarily think they need to be at 45 yeah. RPM because... I think we could have we could have been fine with us being on one record, yeah. you know, and it'd have been yeah. good to go. Well, and at that point, or two records, the list most. price would have been lower. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then you less could warping. That's sell, been a problem yeah. with that as well. Sell the forty five warp easy. No, no, no. Just this Peter Peter Gabriel one we're oh, talking gosh. about because it's it's a big thick package with oh right three three disc. I think it's three. Yeah, because like, it's forty five. So. Yeah, it's three disc, I believe. But yeah. You know, you can make it less. You know what? I guess it'd be a two album set then. Yeah. At that point, and it could be the list price could be more reasonable. I mean, realistically, how many are they going to sell? What is it? Is it forty bucks? It's like yeah, forty two, thirty seven ninety nine, or yeah, something or, like or that, or maybe thirty eight. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I w- the new Chris Robinson Brotherhood. Is forty five RPM two LPs and it's twenty nine ninety nine, which is not it's more awful, reasonable. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I've paid that. I just I lean more towards like what Lee was saying that you know if it's a if it's a LCD sound system album, press it to forty five because yeah, cool. it brings the clarity out and and all all and, good reasons. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of snake oil I think in audio and vinyl. Yeah, but. I'm no scientist, but as far as I understand physics, like that's like a uh, is a physics thing. The faster it plays, the yes. better it sounds. Yeah, the the 45 RPM is no joke. Mm-hmm. Like th- there is a legit reason to do 45 <laughs> RPM. The question that comes into my head though is, is there a legit reason for every album to be no. at 45 no. RPM? I mean, like I don't I don't want Dead Kennedys at 45. You know, you know? I would have been cool with those elbow releases being at 33 and a third instead of 45. Are they 45s as well? Yeah. Yeah, I could handle um the the album of Grounds for Divorce. I can't think of the name of it for for life me right now, but I could have handled with I could have handled that album being on one record. Yeah. Instead of two. Honestly, I paid for that um the Black Keys Seldom Seen Kid. Uh, that's the name of the album. Oh, Seldom Seen Kid. Yeah, so I was saying I, I could have handled that being on one record. Yeah. 
What what was that Black Keys uh, El Camino? Oh, oh yeah, I, the I did the, the deluxe forty five, and it's yeah. cool. It's in a shiny jacket, and it does. It sounds great, but you're talking about some of those sides are two three minute songs. And I'm I'm a <laughs> yeah. guy, you, you know, know, and with that band, I mean, come on. Yeah, it, you know, it the. I don't know. I could totally have just the normal version of yeah. that and be yeah. happy. I wonder how much of it has to do with my listening habits too and, and how many <coughs> people have like similar listening habits where like what I do in my office is I, I put a record on, I drop the needle, I grab like a book mm-hmm. or I do other things that I'm doing and I'll go like set and chill and read or whatever. Clean the house. And when I'm getting like 12 minutes and stuff on the side, like it's tough. I need a little more time instead of having to keep flipping it over mm-hmm. and over and over. But Sound quality wise, they're always great. Like yeah. I, I never knock them for that, but I just, I think that it's it's a problem to to press everything at forty five RPM yeah. for multiple reasons. Not only the whole like just having to flip it all the time, you're also wasting, you're wasting that much yeah. more time at a pressing plant to press your album on so many pieces of record. And you're also wasting materials. I mean, that's the one thing. Is there was that Father John Misty lyric the. You know, we sell a bunch of 15-year-olds, these dinosaur bones, uh, yeah. pressed to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, that is what our hobby is at the end of the day. It is. It's like, it's environmentally taxing, and at least, like, be responsible with it, you know? It's, like, a, it's a great point. And then it screws everything else over when every other band wants to get their stuff pressed. Mm-hmm. They have to wait forever to have it done mm-hmm. because, you know, somebody needs 45 RPM for everything. And, so that that's just that's my yeah. side chat. I want to see what you guys thought about that, but that's something that's with all these reissues coming out has been weighing on my yeah. head a little bit. But with this reissue we're talking about, which is the Okanokos, because does any of us have the original press? Do no. you, Lee? I, no. I remember seeing it, and that was at a time where I probably had fifty records or yeah. less. I didn't have many at the time you know, either. And I've seen it when it came out. That I just passed it up all the time. It was like, eh, I'll yep. get it. I'll get it. I did Even too. a used one. Yeah. There was a used one that was like seventeen ninety nine. Oh, and I'm like, oh man, that hurts. That. But you know, it's a, I don't know. It's that thing where you're like, I'd rather get these now because I want them, or it's yeah. something a little bit more. Rare. Do you guys ever run into a thing where like I could get these five okay records that I know I'll listen to for seventeen ninety nine, or I could get this one. I'll probably listen to once or twice mm-hmm. for seventeen ninety nine. Do you ever have to like battle that in your head at all? Uh, it's usually not a pretty, uh, not a big battle. Like <laughs> if I'm, all. If, well, Sick all. if I'm, if I'm out of, you know, out of town shopping yeah. and stuff, I would rather buy more records. Oh, okay. Then just see, I'm opposite with that. If I was out of town, I would more mm-hmm. grab the gym. That I wouldn't think I would be able to find back home. Well, oh yeah, no, that. But you, when you said one record that you'd only listen to one or two times, yeah, that's true. Versus this stack that you'd regularly Mm -hmm. listen to, I don't know. But I always look for things that are on my mental list that I don't have. That I'm like, ooh, I wonder if they have, you know, an original pressing of Stink by the Replacements. (laughs) If anyone's listening, nobody does. If any of you have one, contact us, please. Please. I just want to see it. I bought maybe a second press. <laughs> he doesn't even need to buy it. He just wants to see it. I just want to see it. Uh, I want to buy it. Matt, Matt wants to see it. At least see it. it. I Matt will buy it. it. I don't got that kind of money. Uh, I it, it really does depend. Mostly. <laughs> got sad real quick. I, well, I'll trade you something. 
I've been anything. Uh, historically, I have been like a pretty strictly like first press. Like if I'm not getting the first press, yeah, I'll pass it up, and that has been my way of curbing. Like, say that I was just like you know I do want just anything that I like and I really like it and I mm-hmm. listen to it. I want it on wax. I can go in and I could buy reissues of all this stuff at any time. You know, at that point, then it's like, one, it doesn't matter if I go into Matt's, where we work. It doesn't matter if I go into Grimey's. It doesn't matter if I go into anywhere. I know they're going to have that reissue. Yeah. So there's that. But also, it, it, it usually keeps me to this, like, the one mode that I'm in. I go through really hard phases where for two months or three months or two weeks... I'm like right now, hard bop. Yeah. It's all about hard bop. I am listening to almost nothing but 60s blue note. You are, you, you do that. I'm, you, I'm all about yeah, it. And, you then, definitely and like, then one day. Like obsess over like a small genre or something for yeah. an extended amount of time. And I don't throw it away. It's cyclical, but I will yeah. just, something else will catch my attention and it's like, ooh, shiny. And now I'm over here. And so in that way, it's like if I'm sticking to originals. It's a more limited thing. Every find means something. Well, and but it's it, not a bad thing to do either, what you're saying, mm-hmm. because you're playing the quality over quantity game where you buy something really expensive, but it's of really good quality. Yeah. And you're it, not buying like every single thing you see that kind of looks okay. Yeah. And that's the thing. I don't discover a lot of music on vinyl. Vinyl is my declaration that this music probably already really matters to me. Yeah. Which I know is different. Yeah. Like I, I just am. I'm posting well, that different times too. Yeah, exactly. You I, know, I, I live in a world of Spotify, and I do. I sample pretty much all music on Spotify first. Yeah. And then when something seems to really matter, once it already does, then it's like okay, well now it's something that I'm willing to fork up money for, not just my subscription. Marley, you having a time over there? <laughs> Have some issues. The pub dogs going crazy. Pub dog. dog. Pub dog. Uh, so what about you now, Matt? Do you still do you still do the this album cover looks cool and I'm gonna buy it, or do you do more research before you buy it now? Well, so on some stuff I do that still, but I don't know. I don't want to sound like narcissistic or anything, but yeah. for as many years as I've been buying stuff. I've seen so many album covers, and so, so maybe the bulk of it that I see, I know what it is. There's not much through. that you see that you haven't seen already. True, but yet then there's a lot of shit. I guess I haven't seen yeah. too. But I, I'll turn it over, and it's like, oh, okay, Stanley Clark's on this, or mm-hmm. see, I've gotten know, to that like, point well, now shit, as well. So and so produced it, you know. I'm, like I'm not not to be narcissistic either, but I've kind of gotten to that point to where. You know, just like the other day when there was, I'll, I can spot an '80s like garage or indie or whatever alt album, like, right. like Dump yeah. Truck or something, yeah. a yeah. mile away when I see it because they all had a, a, a similar aesthetic. And I flipped one over. I was like, "Oh, that looks cool." It was that Liquid Hippos. Yeah. I flip it over That's and right. I was like, "Oh, Greg Dooley plays harmonica on here." Okay, well maybe I should give this a listen because of African Wigs. Because you know yeah. the Wigs rock. Right. So. I'm kind of got to, or that one record, uh, the John Mayall record that's on the wall at the shop right oh, now. Oh, yeah. The blue I flipped Al, it over. Yeah. It was like, oh, that's got a, what's his name from New Orleans on it? Alan Toussaint. Yeah, Toussaint. <clears throat> yeah. It's got Toussaint on it. That's probably going to be yeah. decent. He really yeah. didn't produce anything not decent. 
or anything from New Orleans in the 60s. Yeah, you just buy. Just buy. Yeah, you just, just buy. buy. And I'm getting that way, like the two genres in particular, soul and jazz, I'm coming around to that, where it's like, I know the names of session players whenever they're listed, which is infrequently. But yeah, with jazz, it's like, okay, it's this Lee Morgan album. It's got Herbie Hancock. It's got Wayne Shorter. Right. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of this, but I know that is going to be great. Yeah. And jazz is tough because there's so many players. Mm-hmm. It's hard to learn. It's hard to learn what kind of album you're going to have before you listen to it until you listen to every decade of each of these players. Yeah. Because True. a Herbie in the 70s is not going to be Very the same different. as a Herbie in the 60s. Yeah, you can go up to about, what, 77 on Herbie and be and safe. Dude, they're, they're, 76. Uh, dude, I'm going to say, like, Feats Don't Fail Me is all right. Like, oh, that's 79, isn't it? Yeah, or 80. that's 79, dude. Or maybe even 80. Plenty, yeah. plenty, plenty of Herbie like fans that stop at Blue Note. Sure, yeah, sure. Maiden, right. Like Maiden Voyage and then anything But post- you're definitely cutting yourself because if you don't have Manchild... Dude, man, that album, even is... Headhunters. Like, I don't care if it's over. Oh, no, yeah, no, yeah, Headhunters. That's, yeah. that's top, dude. That's, right. Yeah, that's top. But then there's so top. many the other branches of like, you know, there's Herbie with Chick Corea. Oh yeah, and, Wait, that's Return uh, to Forever. There's uh, that. There's that. Uh, whole... Who's the drummer? Jack DeJanette. Yeah. And yep. Tony Williams and Billy Cobham. Yeah. Anything oh, you Billy see Cobham, Cobham on yeah. is usually going to be decent. Right. Donald Byrd. Did Donald Byrd and Herbie have albums together? Uh, probably. I might be making that up. Probably. All of those guys played together. There's a lot stuff. of CTI yeah. stuff too. Oh, you yeah. know where, honestly, it's I don't know the history of CTI. I'm sure it's, somebody out it's, there it's does. It's Motown's yeah. jazz record, right? Yeah, or but jazz label. Excuse me. You had all these different players that played on each other's albums, so I just envision them recording to where it's like if it's, um, I don't know, uh, Freddie Hubbard. Yeah. Then you're gonna have these other CTI artists playing with them. The same goes for Herbie and I guess Chick Corea, I think was on CTI. Mm-hmm. And but, and all those guys spent time on Blue Note and some right. of them on They Bird know each and, other and they yeah. played with well, each other. Well, they all tour with each other too. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You know, they would yeah. have their circuits they would run and they would all hang out. But, but yeah, jazz is definitely breaking me of the originals. Jazz gets thing. really fun. Like when yeah. you, when you oh, get deep into it. And I, I would highly suggest you or anyone listening that if you want to get a quick crash course, it's not really quick. It's probably like 10, 12 hours. Ken Burns Jazz oh, will teach yeah. you everything yeah. you need to know about jazz. What's it was this? a documentary that's mm. probably around 12 hours, would you think? Wow. Maybe yeah. 10, 12 hours. Yep. Uh, you know, Ken Burns does those huge documentary sets. You've heard Kim Burns? I don't. So he oh, he does. Um, Lee Sunday just got taken up. <laughs> All right, let's do this. I got nothing to do on Sunday. I watched Kim Burns jazz probably oh, when I was in maybe middle school, high school, whenever, yeah. whenever it first came out, and it was pretty mind blowing because yeah. I'd never heard of any of these guys. Right. Even down to like, you know, I didn't know Coltrane when I was in high school. No, I mean, it was a little I mean, too heady. Yeah, for I mean, me you then. probably shouldn't. You know. Right. But, it, it was too heady, but I knew from. What you know, Iggy Pop says, and all these people said mm-hmm. about how they wanted to sound like Coltrane. I'm like, what? What the fuck does yeah. that even mean? And then you watch that documentary, and you see how crazy things got. I became a huge fan of Ornette Coleman from watching that documentary when they started talking about free jazz and just how ballsy it was. Dude, to, how fucking punk it is! Yeah, like it's, it is. Yeah, that that album. I bought it at the shop probably. I don't know, maybe 2003, 2004 is when I first started getting really heavy yeah. into vinyl. And took it home, and Amanda saw the album cover and was like, oh, that looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting in the living room. I dropped a needle on it, and it's just a cacophony of sound. 
and she's sitting there like reading or something. She goes, is this, are they ever going to play a song? What is like what I'm like, and I'm just like, I was locked because I started hearing patterns Mm -hmm. in the not patterns. Like Mm -hmm. patterns just happen out of nowhere. Your brain constructs them because it's what it wants to do. Well, and they were the, the, the guys were like giving the bare minimum of things to play. And by doing that and playing together in a room, they started coming up with patterns and then other people would come up and then it would just all break apart again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, it's an incredible thing. You know, as much as we love newer stuff like math rock and things we math rock owes everything to everything, things yeah. like that. Absolutely. And it's all stuff where it's like the first. I'd like time to welcome everyone to Jazzcast. Right? Jazzcast, right? Yeah, that's all right, man. I think you know stuff like this needs to be talked about. It needs to be talked about, and it's relevant. You know, somehow we'll make it relevant. Yeah. Hey, you know, Chick Corea could play on Wordless Chorus. It could happen. Oh, dude, that would be mind blowing. Yeah. It could happen. Could happen. Yeah. That I would bet. be like Mammal Dap covering Wordless Chorus. It would be like Chick Corea playing on Wordless Chorus. <laughs> I know. Uh, I think Jim just brought up like. Half of the indie rappers in Louisville on stage to perform something like yesterday. I don't know. Oh, I saw wow. some headline about that, buddy. Really? Posted and I meant to click it and was at work and didn't have time. Jim James, man, he's he he he's nice he guy. makes you proud to be from Kentucky. He is, yeah. man. He's he's real stoic. He's like, I don't know, man. Like hearing him talk, like in person, not like oh listening to interviews or whatever, but when like really yeah. the guard is down, is like. So crazy because he's real tall. Yeah. At least he seems that way to me. And he's got that huge hair. He's kind of got this like, you know, larger than life personality, at least in Louisville. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm talking about seeing him at Forecastle Festival. You know, he's like curating this fest. He's just headlined, <coughs> walking around. And he talks like this. He's almost like not human. Yeah. It's just so subdued. And he's like, yeah, man. Thanks. Now, That's what my conversation with Jim James was like. Now, have you ever heard his radio show that he used to do on WFPK? No. Him and uh, Carl Brummel? Is that the dude's name in MMJ? Is that right? Drummer? No. Guitar player? Mm. I'm thinking that's his name. I know, know Two Tone. That's about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they used to have a radio show on WFPK that would go up every now and then where they put like vocal effects on their voice and would play like weird <laughs> underground psych rock Dude. and talk about these weird mind blowing like I'm find that. I can't think <laughs> of the name of the show but it was hilarious and great and all of the above like it was just a really good show that's an example like to me I think Jim James is one of those dudes that's out there carrying the torch for rock you know like mm-hmm. you have these people like Tom Petty. He loves music just as much as we do. And if yeah. he was here, he'd sit down and go, Oh yeah, man, that Davy Arrow or Davy Allen and the arrows or whatever album's great. And this and he'd that, be able to tell you everything about it. Right. But you know, I often sit and look and it's like, who's grabbing that torch to keep going. Like Dave Grohl, love him or hate him. He's one of those dudes that's trying Big to music. carry on. Yeah. yeah. The rock, rock and roll, you know, and the and the history of it too, mm-hmm. you know, with the Sound City thing and all that stuff. But Jim James, same way. I mean, he those seem to be the guys that 
can carry a career for a longer amount of time. The guys that really yeah, love because they're passionate about it. Yeah, and it's not a dollar sign or anything. Exactly right. You know, it's more about their love of music and the fan caring about your fan base yeah. and all that. That's a big part too. It's, is it's a really big not, part of it. You know, not giving a fuck you to the fan base, but really embracing them and trying. Like Dave Grohl has done that as well as oh, anyone. Yeah. His oh, yeah. fan base worships him, and, and the Foo Fighters. And they're, you know, as much as they worship him, like, he needs them. Yeah. The only reason that it has become what it has become for, like, his celebrity, it's, like, so crazy that the drummer of Foo Fighters, or not of Foo Fighters, of Nirvana, Nirvana yeah. the drummer of Nirvana yeah. is not most widely regarded as being the drummer of Nirvana. Right. Yep. It, it's, it, it's very it is true. a footnote. Yeah. On that dude's resume today, yeah. which is weird. I probably would be good. Sure. You're good. All right. So, Okanoko's fantastic album. Wonderful album. We Amazing. all dig it. Yeah. Go buy it. Go you buy should. it. I mean, yeah, it's just reissue's been, great. It's just been reissued. I haven't picked it up yet because I've been buying too many other things, but yeah. I'm going to. I'll, you got another It Still Moves. Yeah, again, still right? yeah. Too. I really need to pick that up. I got to do that I too. That but the, I mean, the pair of them, that's $100 right there. But <laughs> yep. it is. That's a whole seven, lot of used se- albums. Seven LPs. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole lot of used albums. Yeah. Se- seven LPs all together, <laughs> That's true. Uh, and with the bonus material. But, dude, I mean. But it, was the most of that from an RSD release three, four years ago? What's that? The bonus material on Okanokus. There's like three, four songs that are extra that weren't on the original. Yeah, I didn't know that, but I didn't know they did a record store day release. Oh, gosh, four or five years ago. Where to begin? Strangulation and Sooner. Yeah. Side H. What it's called. <laughs> Side <I think>. H. <laughs> it wouldn't have been chocolate and. No. No. Chocolate no. and ice. ice. Y'all talk. I think the pub's got a record collection here. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah nice. we'll, we'll, we'll go check, check this out. Check the, check the catalog. Yeah, man. There. I. Uh, Dude, this record, you know, it's the the live record preceding, uh, immediately following Z. Mm-hmm. You know, their it's the Z tour. It's the Z tour, and you still feel Z's their their high water mark. I go back and forth. Oh yeah, this one with the Spanish names. Oh so yeah, yeah, yeah. de la Ciudad Nat. Natal? I always I always get that one confused Natal? with that uh, acoustica sitsuko. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I always get that confused. So with where that to begin? But some of that I think is from Mere Ecstasy too. Oh, is live, it? Okay. I think God, it's been a been a little while since I. Y'all need to pour one out for old Mere Ex. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> Let's do. Pour a little one out for them. We need to. We should. There are any line and Google left? I might. Yeah. Um. If there are any line and Google left, we just pour it all I, out. I go back and forth, man. Like I, I get, right. I get why jacket fans. He said, "If there's any line and cool left, we pour a lot." I said, "If there's any line and cool left, we pour it all out." <laughs> Zing. What, what we got working here? Try yeah. that. Mm. We've already switched. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. It's getting hoppy. Yeah, it's Z. Z is really where I I picked up. Oh shit, tell your Z story. We gotta do it again. Oh yeah, we gotta do this again. So I told this story last time. So I was sixteen in Kentucky, at least as of, you know, my time. <clears throat> when you turn sixteen years old, mm-hmm. uh 
Well, I guess you spend most of 15 with a driver's permit. You turn 16. 15 and a half, you get driver's permit, right? So, something like that. Yeah. You have the permit. You get a license. But for six months, you're on a restricted license. Correct. And that means that you're not supposed to really be out of dark, out late after dark. It means you're not supposed to be driving out of state lines. And the rule is you were only allowed one person in the car other than yourself that isn't like first family. Right. If you're driving home at dawn, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Too many rules for driving nowadays. Should be listening to at dawn at the time. But yeah, so I turned turned 16 and got the restricted license. And I want to say it was like four days later, I loaded up my Ford Explorer and ass in every seat and took my friends down and we saw Jacket. It was one of the first shows on the Evil Urges tour. Um, Good tour. Pl- oh, great tour. The peanut butter pudding surprise tour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're playing on the waterfront down in Nashville, right off of First Street. This is, you know, before Ascend mm-hmm. existed, yeah. but probably roughly where Ascend Amphitheater is now. And uh, I honestly, I didn't even know. Nobody told me, but one of the guys that I had brought had rolled up a blunt of weed. Which is something that I had. I had what? Uh, uh, I know what he's talking about. We've, we've, uh, what? He's mm-hmm. lost us, right? This is, yeah, alco- it's an alcohol place, right? Uh, and which is something I had done before, but pretty infrequently and definitely never at a show. This is still yeah. like first five like big concerts for me. And uh, we're watching the show and I'm loving it. Z is, you know, Evil Urges is great and I like it, but Z is still my jam. Wordless Chorus is my jam. I'm waiting this whole show, which is great for Wordless Chorus. And I don't get it until the encore. They open the encore with Wordless Chorus. And I guess he must have brought a couple of blunts. We had smoked one. We were smoking another during this song. Lee lost track. Lee lost track. Noteworthy is that I was standing like three people away from a guy who would later be my psychology teacher. Hmm. Two years later, I was basically standing next to him doing all this, and uh, so I'm, I'm they're playing wordless chorus. I'm losing my mind because it's what I've waited for. Oh, I'm so stoked! It's so great, and right, I mean, on beat mm-hmm. as they drop into that ah, Titans across the river win their game, and just fireworks start going off, and I lose my mind it was just this magical like that was one of the first times like i think i was already playing instruments by then i'd already been in bands but that was one of those moments where it was like dude oh my god i get it i get why some people like ruin their whole lives to follow bands around the country and do this every night. I thought he was going to take that in a different direction. But no, really. Like the, I, <laughs> I, just said, I, so I wouldn't know anything I was about say, That's why people bands. ruin their lives with drugs. Weed's not going to ruin your life. I know, life. I'm sorry. I just that's, thought that's where you were taking and, it. And I don't, I don't care who you are. Weed's not going to ruin your life. I just thought that's what you were uh, going to cap it with. But, I was like, but no, I, it was really